going into a porn shop isn't awkward. It's awesome! At Adult Temptations, everyone is entitled to a happy, healthy sex life. Visit the store at 211 Black Street in Whitehorse for a selection of adult toys, lubes, lingerie, novelties, and films. You can also check out products online at adulttemptations.ca. Adult Temptations, in pursuit of a healthy, intimate lifestyle. We never once talked about beyond the trip. We never talked about the next week. Every day was just every day. And that, as you know, from me being an overthinker, and uh, this was just a really kind of beautiful way to be. And I really embraced the now. No date, no problem. Tune in to Frisky North of 60 when you need some company. You'll be joining me, Karen McCall. And me, Mark Kelly, will be coming into your sound system on demand, sliding into the new millennium from Whitehorse, Yukon. We've been in the new millennium for quite a know, while now. It's a joke, Karen. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Welcome to season three, Karen. Welcome to season three of Frisky North of 60. Welcome back. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, if you're new, thanks for joining us. We've got lots of back episodes to check out. Right. Karen, you know exactly how many. This is something you're really good at. So how many back issues do we have? The back issues are a reflection of my dating life or their lack of uh, 30, 30 episodes over two years. And we are set to release more. Right. We're going to go monthly here. And so if you're dying to have us in your head, you can go in between the episodes we release. Go back to listen to those 30 from the last two seasons. You betcha. And uh, by releasing monthly, we'll be able to release uh, year round. So uh, we'll be timely and a la saison. A la saison. That's right. You could crack a saison while you're listening to us a la saison. The other thing we want to talk about is a contest we have, which we will have the full details for at the end of this episode. Um, and if you haven't been to the Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs, it's a place to check out. Must see place. Super chill. If you need to relax, date night. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they're on our podcast, right? Yeah. So there's at least uh, three hot pools. There's a relax room uh, and there's more services coming online soon, such as saunas and steam rooms. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a place to just like go and whip in, whip out of the pool. You go, you chill and hang out for a while, watch those Northern lights, get your hair frozen. It's wicked. Yes. Not, we decided it's maybe like a good third date spot. Right. It would be, wouldn't it? A third date spot. Yeah. When you already know each other a little bit better. All right, so now we have a segue into the episode, which I think we missed, so we'll just have to jump right in. Today's episode is a love story, and it is my own story about a romance I had on the mighty Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. While I generally prefer to be on the other side of the microphone, I decided to make an exception in this circumstance. What is the What was the burning need to make this our episode, our opener? It felt like a very epic romance of like a totally unexpected and very serendipitous intertwined with being in the Grand Canyon, which is 400 kilometers of Canyon in one of the most spectacular places on earth. Okay. So we should set this up a little bit. So Karen was away for a month and sometimes when you're in the Yukon, you need to date outside the Yukon, you know, what was it your Tinder profile used to say? Oh, yeah. I, I, um, I'm from up north, but I date down south. It's a small town thing. I didn't go away to date. I went away to go on a rafting trip in the Grand Canyon. Right. 
And I, I have proof that I wasn't uh, expecting to find uh, a romantic liaison because I packed a single tent. <laughs> well, maybe you were stacking up like cordwood in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. I don't think that's definitive proof, Karen. Okay, so you, when did you go down? Can you? Take, you know? Yeah, so um, end of October. So first, I want to tell you how I got on this Grand Canyon trip. Um, I am a paddler, but I am not a rafter, which is sort of the typical way to experience uh, the Grand Canyon from the water side of things. But I connected with this random person on Facebook who was organizing a trip and was looking for more people to join. This person was outside the Yukon. And through that, uh, me and this other person kind of started organizing the trip and pulling people together. So it ended up being a group of eight strangers uh, for 21 days and uh, floating down the Grand Canyon, through the Grand Canyon. Not completely strange, though. Like, you did know one person, an acquaintance with one person. Yes. So there's one woman, uh, Julie, who we actually talked to in a future podcast episode. She also got connected to this group on Facebook. So we had met a couple of times. It was uh, just a coincidence that we ended up on this trip together. And a great coincidence, because we had a great time. Okay. All right. So so you get down there, day one, you're packing your stuff, and what, you look up and stars hit your eyes, or you start to sweat, or like, the world ends? Like, what happens? What? How does... How does this begin? Okay, his name is Travis. And how it begins is uh, Travis was one of the people, he wasn't the trip leader, but he was one of the people that I was kind of working with to get this trip off the ground remotely. So we shared several phone calls and texts, but there was zero flirting. And we'd had a few group Zoom chats before this trip, but he has really bad uh, internet at his house and see who he's always like the black box on the screen and With his audio name, was, yeah, yeah, and his audio was, it was like the dot, 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 because his audio was never connected. And so I was like, okay, this guy lives in the boonies and has bad internet, but Says that was the woman who lives in the Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He's in Colorado, but uh, yeah, I think he takes the cake for the, the more like Bush style lifestyle for sure. And just to prove that there was zero flirting beforehand, um, my last conversation with him before the trip, I called him and I said, Travis, how many pairs of footwear should I bring? <laughs> but you didn't say, do I need heels? <laughs> <laughs> there was no heels, no. Uh, so we met in Flagstaff. He picked uh, Julie and I up. Yeah, it was all very formal, like shake hands. Hi, I'm Travis. Hi, I'm Karen. And we met the other people in the group and then uh, went on the river. And I ended up being on his raft. And that's not a euphemism for anything. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I rode his raft for 21 days. Well, I, I was telling some friends I was on his raft. I rode his raft and they're like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just clarifying. <laughs> so I'd never been on a rafting trip before. You take so much gear, tables, toilet boxes. We had three massive coolers, a food box for every single day, a six burner stove, you name it. We had eight people and five 18-foot rafts. Actually, one was 16 feet, but two were cataracts, and then others were just like the typical round rafts. So much gear, so we only had one or two people on every raft. As a participant, I kind of made sure ahead of time, like I was like vetting the skill set of the raft people because as a person who wasn't going to be on the wars, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be safe because the Grand Canyon has some like big white water. Sure, or right? brown water as it were. Yeah. <laughs> it does get quite brown. Yeah. So I kind of had already had it in my head that I was going to go on Travis's raft because I knew he'd been down the Grand Canyon twice before. And, you know, I just, I knew that he had a lot of experience and he owns his own raft. So I was like, okay, this guy knows Again, not what a he's euphemism. Doing. <laughs> no. Okay, got it. Anyway, so day one, I was like, can I go on your raft? And he said, sure. And um, and then we spent the next seven days 
with mostly like I moved around. I moved around to different rafts, but for the first seven days, <laughs> I was on. You were a raft bunny. You were. <laughs> Sorry. I I and I rode. So yeah, that I, you know, I believe. That because there's actually a lot of flat water on the Grand Canyon, so uh, there was a lot of chances for me to learn how to row yeah, and and yeah. learn how to raft because I'm a I'm a boater, but like rafting is you look at the water a bit differently i i think you've probably told people who are listening before that you're 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 an outdoors person like you have training you live in the outdoors you have serious fomo on a friday afternoon like it's you know fear of missing out for those who don't do acronyms and so you are a really accomplished outdoors person so this is not like you jumped on a tour five-star tour like you're correct yes this was a private trip but i was still like a little bit out of my element like there's a lot of systems to figure out with all that gear and like there was like a 20 page booklet to read ahead of time about just how to do the kitchen setup and the toilet setup and everything turns out i'm the only one who read the booklet (laughs) (laughs) even though i had also not weird experience yeah exactly Uh, okay so so we now know that travis is an accomplished Boater, I'm air quoting. <laughs> and so, all right, you ended up on his boat a little bit here and there. But we, okay, let's, let's just, can we just skip to the, how did you guys get to the romance part? Well, we were spending several hours together, of course, every day on the raft. And so we'd have these conversations and we talked about all sorts of stuff. We talked about our families, our friends, where we're from. He's from Arizona originally. Uh, adventures we'd been on, challenges we'd faced in our life. And so we developed this just natural level of comfort. And after a few days, it sort of like, uh, I don't know, the conversation just became a bit more flirty. And by day four or five, I was pretty sure there was mutual interest. Okay, I'm going to time you out there. What's the flirting? Can you be specific what that is? I don't know idea what flirting looks like. I'm, I'm 51. Yeah, right, Mark. <laughs> I don't know. I would just sometimes like say something and I could see this like smile on his face and I, I could tell it was a smile for me uh, or because of what I'd said. Right, and no I right. and I was doing the same and I th- it was pretty obvious, but then I there was considerations like being on a group trip and the dynamic. Break that down though. Like what, how does this, I mean, I think I can assume what that means, but yeah, really, like a big, how many people are in the group again? Sorry? Eight. Eight. So like in a group of eight and two couple up that weren't coupled before, how does that affect the dynamic? I don't know. I mean, I've been on some trips before where like, you know, if a couple, like, especially like new love, they can just be kind of annoying. It changes their personality. It changes the group dynamic. I mean, sometimes it's totally fine, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Sure. That sort of thing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking like, well, maybe maybe we just don't even go there, right? Because we just want to enjoy the trip. Also, like, what if we like hook up and then we're like, we like totally break up or, you know, like conflict and then we make things awkward for the group because we won't talk to each other or something. Right. Because <laughs> it's just like summer camp. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't matter how old you get. If you have like a, a bad time, it could just be awkward. Yep, could be. Hey, Mark, what's your longest relationship? Well, that's awfully personal, Karen. I ask because mine is with Uconstruct. I've been working at a co-space for years. I love the work vibe, meeting rooms, and professional connections. Yeah, right. That's what brought us together. It's really cool on the make space side, too. There are wooden metal shops, electronics lab, a sewing loft, and the podcast studio where we record Frisky. Go to Uconstruct.com to learn more. It's one relationship we know you won't regret. So there's lots of hiking you can actually do in the Grand Canyon. So we did short hikes most days. Some days you could do longer hikes. Sometimes there was like real trails. Um, So one of the nights 
we decided to go running and we always put the invitation out to the group, but it turns out we're the only people who like to go running. Yeah. Weird. That's so strange that there was only two of you that wanted to run on a raft trip in the Grand Canyon. Okay. I had a bit of anxiety about sitting on a raft for three weeks. So I was like, every time we got to camp, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going, I'm going up this hike. Or so whatever. the other part that's important to point out here is that Karen is a very fit, super active person. So I had energy to burn. And so we were, anyways, we went on this run and like, it was like kind of picture perfect. The sun was setting, you know, the orange desert glow and it was warm. He was, he didn't have a shirt on. I was like running in my sports bra and we stopped because he likes to do push-ups at various places along the run. And uh, I don't even remember what he said. I just remember he had his like back kind of, or he was like kind of like perpendicular to me. And he kind of just looked over his shoulder and said something about stealing a kiss. If I had a shell, I would have like gone into it because all of a sudden I was just so shy. Like I was nervous. And I I just, and I, so I didn't, we didn't kiss. I just, I kind of like went up behind him and like put my arms around him and we talked, but I, we didn't kiss because I was just, I don't know. I was just kind of overwhelmed and scared. Wow. Yeah. And sweaty. And a bit sweaty, (laughs) a bit sweaty, mutually sweaty. The next night, like it gets dark down there at about 6 p.m. And uh, so a lot of the people who have the rafts sleep on their rafts. Um, Those of us, the rest of us would have our tents and would sleep on shore. But so like Travis's raft was kind of like his RV. It just at night, like I went down to the water where his raft was and he was there and we like held hands and we had our first kiss. And and then from then on, um, we... Spent the next 14 days together. Kissing. And Some kissing. Hands. Yeah, and was... trying to fit into my one-person tent. Aha! Right? See? <laughs> Which I didn't actually know that it'd be physically possible to get two people into a one-person tent. Is it one of the ones where you touch the sides no matter what you do in there? Uh, it's not as small as my ultralight tent, but it's certainly a one-person tent. Right. So he didn't have a tent because he was sleeping underneath the stars. Oh, so. no, he did have a tent, and it was also a one-person tent. So how it worked is... He would sometimes use a tent if the weather was bad, because when he was on his raft, he was sleeping under the stars. But we had fantastic weather, and maybe that's just the desert this time of year. I guess it doesn't rain that much. We had two days of rain and 21 days. But at first, I wasn't staying on his raft with him because it was a group trip, and, you know, it was secret. Oh, yeah, because it matters so much what people think. Well, we, it we, does, no, cause, because of the awkward, right? Like, yeah, matters, and like yeah. we weren't, we were like still figuring out with ourselves, is, is this going to work for now. We don't want to divulge the group if if it's not going to be something more than a day or two. So one day though, I was like setting up my tent and Julie said to me, she's like, why are you bothering? And I'm like playing dumb. I'm like, what? She's like, we all know you're sleeping on the raft. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, because you were setting up the decoy tent. <laughs> I was setting up the decoy tent. <laughs> Slash like independent woman. Like it's good to like, you know, have yeah, your you assets in one place. You could have an escape like, pod. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never really had like an official quote unquote coming out to the group. The first couple of times I stayed on his raft, I just like I snuck away before first light and went back to my tent. And then eventually like sort of my coming out was just, I'm just going to stay on the raft. People will see me there and that's fine. Right. That's a great way to not make it awkward. It just is. It just is. And when I talk about this being a romantic trip, I mean, there's, there's a few things. One of them is that you're in this totally epic setting with someone and you're enjoying, you're seeing and enjoying these sites together. And, and that's a bonding experience. Also in Canada and the Yukon, I'll say, I never sleep out under the stars. Like for one thing in the summer, it's bright out. So we don't see a lot of stars. And then otherwise there's maybe like bugs and. Could rain halfway through the night. It could yeah, snow. Yeah, like mountain could, weather is unpredictable. Yeah, that's right. 
And in the winter, you could sleep out under the stars, but usually I'm also in a tent just for a bit more warmth and things. So just being in the Grand Canyon, it was around new moon when we started the trip, or at least because we're in the canyon, like you couldn't see the moon. And I've just never seen stars that bright. So to be sleeping on a raft on the Colorado River, like just staring out at the stars with this person you're kind of infatuated with, it was literally like I couldn't think of anything more romantic that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that is pretty romantic. And I, I remember at one point we were lying there and I was just like, you know what? I'm just so grateful to be having this experience with you right now. Like, this is just amazing. And he was like, wow, that's like one of the nicest things that anyone's ever said to me. It is really nice, Karen. Uh, like any good story and 21 day trip. However, there's bound to be some challenges and also just some kind of like silly stuff as well. So <laughs> in the Grand Canyon, like in some rivers in the Yukon, you have to pack out all your poop. Yep. So we had these boxes called groovers, which you're familiar with. They're yeah, like bullet boxes, basically. Yeah, they're metal ammo cans. Um, and they're called groovers because apparently back in the day, you'd sit on them without a toilet seat and they'd leave like a groove line in your butt or your leg. Now what you do is you take off the lid and then you put on this other lid that has like a toilet seat built into it. So it's basically like a toilet and then when the box fills up with poop and toilet paper, you, you seal, seal it, yep. and then you start another one. But anyway, point being, like, you know, so we take turns at the group to be on Groover duty, and you'd always do like, you know, last call in the morning, like last call for Groover before you're packing up all the gear. And like, <laughs> I think one day, like, Travis went to the Groover like on last call, and I was on Groover duty. Oh, yeah, so you see what he leaves on top. <laughs> well, Julie, I was with Julie, and Julie's like, "Oh, now you get to look at his poop." And I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna look." And and because before you seal it up, you have to like put some chemicals on. Why is this even a conversation? <laughs> like. Is this really what we will talk about? Like, I guess so. Okay, you're talking about it, so all right. Here oh, we go. should I have not brought this up? No, I love the idea that you brought it oh, It's totally fine. It's <laughs> great. I'm just like, really? People talk about other people's poop? Like, I'm trying not well, to look so, at his poop? It's so intimate. Well, I was not thinking of that until Julie said that. I didn't, I, for the record, I did not look. I did not look. But I mean, the same thing happened like the other way around. But what is it going to tell you about him when you look in the... Nothing. <laughs> it's just like, it's just not very, it's just like... It's the, not sick. The point is when you're on an extended trip, bodily function stuff is just, it's yeah. just there. Right. And you're 21 days in without a shower and... And like without a, yeah, like the same clothing. I did, I did like bathe in the river often, swam and stuff, but, but yeah, like it's just... Sure. You're dirty. And I was wearing my like dirty blue coat that my mother has been begging me to get rid of for years. Like it's got all these bike restains and stuff. It's function over fashion for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus... Plus sweat, poo, pee. It's all, yeah. it's not, it's not sexy. Not that we're slamming the people out there that are into those sort of things. Yeah. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> ironically, one of the things that, not ironically, oddly, one of the things that Travis said attracted to me, him to me was that I have this blue uh, waterproof fanny pack. For our UK listeners, that's like a bum bag. It's a bum bag. It's a hip bag. <laughs> hip bag. And he, he was like, he was really kind of obsessed with this fanny pack. And he's like, yeah, it just shows that you kind of like don't care what people think about you and that you're a very practical person. And I'm like, wait, like, are you trying to say this fanny pack's not cool? Because I thought it was kind of cool, but apparently he was like, no, it's not cool, but you don't care. So that's cool. That part's cool. <laughs> the fanny bag, the fanny pack is not cool. You're cool because you think it is, you don't care. You think it is cool. Yeah. So it's a bit of a geek chic thing. Yeah. It just became this, like this joke between us. Um, but the other thing about like 
bodily functions on the river. It's like you also have to pee in the river. So, you know, there's just not a lot of privacy with anybody. Like I saw everybody's butts a bajillion times on the river. And Okay, so how did you get from the grossness back to the, you know, it's so gross? The grossness wasn't too much of a factor, but I'll tell you what was sand. All the places we camped had a lot of sand at them and it gets in everything. And I mean, everything. <laughs> Clothes, tent, hair. When I was putting on sunscreen in the morning, I'd feel it like mashing sand into my face. Sometimes it was even like in my teeth somehow. And uh, just that combination of sand and wind and water really dries out your skin. And everybody's hands were so like rough and coarse. I remember rubbing Travis's back and just feeling like, oh, I'm probably like exfoliating his skin with my sandpaper hands. Kind of like being touched by a lizard. (laughs) Not super sexy. Uh, So that was a definite environmental hazard of being on the river. And then there's also some emotional hazards. And I do want to tell you about one conflict that arose. How is it even possible in 21 days? Okay, great. Go into this. I'm interested. Okay, well, so we so we got together on day six or seven. So we had like this 14-day sort of 24-hour romance. For, um, oh, 24 hours a day for 14 well, days. Well, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't riding on his raft all the time. I switched up and we did have a stand-up paddleboard that I use sometimes too. But, you know, like it's a lot of time together plus the evenings. No, so actually there was no conflict other than, okay, so this one day. We'd just done Lava Rapid, which is one of the more notorious rapids on the Grand Canyon. And then I had gone on the stand-up paddleboard for the rest of the day because there's no more rapids. And we hadn't seen each other for a few hours. And I had actually been ahead of the group with this other guy, Brad, who had a raft. And when we got, when we all met up at camp, Travis was kind of acting strange and kind of giving me like short answers. And I was like, oh, he's pissed because Brad and I got ahead of the group because it's like a safety thing, right? Like we couldn't see the group. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. We shouldn't have done that. So I was ready to apologize for that. But then I was like, I don't know, something, something weirds up. Anyway, so that night I just went to my tent because I I was, I wasn't sure what was up. And then he came and he sat outside my tent and he was kind of being quiet and finally got it out of him or he, he brought it up that he was starting to put up a wall. It was day 14. Uh, There's only wall. seven days left of the trip. And he caught himself. He's like, I, he realized that he was putting up this wall between us. And he's like, I'm really good at putting up walls. And like, I could totally cut this down to just the bare bones of no feelings. And But then he's like, I realized I don't want to do that. And so we had this good talk. It's boundary setting. You guys are still feeling it out. It's 14 days in and it's not real life because you're on the Colorado River. Yes, exactly. So after like the wall conversation, then everything was good. And then as the trip went on, we kind of, you know, we kind of, we kept it very friendly with the group. But as the trip went on, we did get a bit more like flirtier and cuddlier in front of everybody because it was just everybody. Yeah. They're like, why are you hiding? And we just became more comfortable with each other too. Like, what did Julie say to me one time when when our relationship was still secret? She said, she's like, I was kind of wondering if you guys were hooking up. And then I realized you were because you ignored each other in front of the group. <laughs> and it's true because when you're trying yeah. to hide something, when I am, like, I I don't know how to act. in Like, I'm like, I don't want to act too friendly. Like, I overthink. And so then I'm, I just, like, treat this person like a stranger, even though we've just been having this nice conversation on the raft all day. And if we were just friends, I would be a lot more friendly. I don't think it's unusual for people to get together on a trip. We usually don't share camps with people, but on our last night, there was only one place to stay, and there ended up being this group. And you you give names to groups you see on the river, nicknames, because you see a lot of other raft groups. 29,000 people go down the Grand Canyon every year. 
And uh, anyways, this group was the youngins. They were all like 21-year-old raft guides. And there was 12 of them. And we sat around the campfire with them. And I was looking at, like, they were all kind of coupled up. And I was like, okay, how many of you guys hooked up on this trip? And there was two couples who'd started the trip as couples. And there was three couples who'd hooked up on the trip. And two solitary people who I felt sorry for. (laughs) I mean, so it's not unusual to uh, get together with someone on a trip by any means. But Travis and I both felt that like the depth of our connection and and the experience that was interwoven with the Grand Canyon was like a pretty special thing. And um, we kind of talked about how never in my wildest dreams would I have anticipated something like that happening that would just turn out the way it did. And this is not like a happily ever after story. No, because it's, it, it's literally 30 days. I've been ago. back a week. Yeah, no. Yeah, like well, and that's what, like on the trip, um, Travis had this meditation booklet and one of them, we'd sometimes talk about them in the morning. And one of them was talking about being in the now and the future is a series of nows. And so that was kind of the theme of our relationship was the now. Mm-hmm. We never once talked about beyond the trip. We never talked about the next week. We just, every day was just every day. And that, as you know, from me being an overthinker, and uh, this was just a really kind of beautiful way to be. And I really embraced the now. Also, when you meet someone who lives in Colorado and you live in the Yukon, like it's, I just wanted to enjoy the time we had together. Yeah, you don't, you have no idea where it's going. No, I mean, I was going on the assumption that this was a beautiful 21 days of my life, but that was going to be it. Yeah, it was time limited. And when you got on the plane, it was thanks for all the fish. Yeah, and enjoy it while it's there. So, okay, so so here we are. We're back in the Yukon. We've had this, you have had this fantastic um, experience. You had texted me to say, uh, guess what happened to me? (laughs) And I was like, you didn't sleep on my mattress. Did you? <laughs> well, okay, yeah. So Mark had lent me his Thermarest because I have an ultralight, uncomfortable one, and you had a really nice one. So you very kindly lent me your Thermarest. And then I told you I hooked up with someone, and you didn't actually say anything for three days. And then three days later, I was like, oh, yeah, I should tell Mark that I didn't actually take his Thermarest. Was Thermo it three rest. days? Oh, yeah, it was three days. No, I texted and those you came when in I was back still... to back on my phone, those texts. Anyways, go on then. Doesn't matter about the three days, but I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so the mattress did not come down the river, and I did not have to buy Mark a new mattress. Yes, because you would have had to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the story actually continues, not before I get to the Yukon, but my last morning. So we're off the river, spent a night in Flagstaff, Arizona, and um, Travis's alarm goes off, and it plays this country song that I think it was uh, Waylon Jennings uh, so he he played music on the raft, and it was often old country songs. And it turns out now I like country music, of course. <laughs> all of all country music. <laughs> no, <laughs> now thank you, Travis. <laughs> just just some country music. So the song came on, and it just brought me right back to the raft and our time together and being on the river because it's about the relationship, but it's also about this like amazing experience in the Grand Canyon, which is one of the most spectacular settings you can be in and I started crying and I just like had to like lie there and have a little bit of a cry and Travis knew I was crying and he said he'd had a cry the day before too before we left the river because the river's it's a pretty important place to him and I I think he would even say that it's has saved his life in in some ways with some of like the places he's been 
uh, like in his life. Experiences, yeah. yeah. So he, he, you know, he admitted he'd had a cry at the river too. And I didn't know how much of that was about me. Maybe, maybe none of it, but we kind of, at some point kind of like started chatting and having this like fantasy, like what if I just don't get off my plane and I, and I come to your house in Colorado and kind of just like, what would we do? We're going to, you know, kind of just had this pretend discussion. And then I was like, you know what, if we still feel this way in a couple months, I'll come on down. And so that was the first time in 21 days that we're like, okay, well. Now what? N- now, maybe, yeah, we'll maybe. see. We'll see. We're living in the now. We're living in the now. And that's still in the now. It's not saying for sure, for sure. We're just saying let's reevaluate based on how we feel. Okay. And sometimes we have to leave our home to find stuff like that. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, we leave for uh, adventure and the Grand Canyon would have been fantastic. Travis aside, but um, meeting someone down there um, made it all the more special. And also, man, the desert, that's something special. It sure is. It calls. I almost stepped on a rattlesnake, too. Oh, yeah. That would have ended the romance. Too sweet. <laughs> so you wouldn't make him suck the poison out of your leg? <laughs> <laughs> well, the park ranger told us if you get bit by a rattlesnake, it's an immediate evac. So, oh, yeah. so you would have been on a helicopter waving with tears and hand on the glass. <laughs> yeah, because I actually stepped over this rattlesnake and the guy behind me was like, what the hell? Why didn't you tell me about the rattlesnake? And I'm like, what rattlesnake? He's like, the one you just stepped over. And then we saw it like slithering away. This was minutes after I was like, oh, I like hiking in the desert because you don't have to worry about bears and yeah. whatnot. And Another then thing, smaller things can kill you. The rattlesnake. And then 10 minutes later, we saw a tarantula, which is not going to kill you, but like is kind of scary. Yeah, they're creepy. Yeah, creepy. I mean, I like spiders. They do good things, but creepy. Well, Karen, this is pretty great. I hope that it works for you, that you stay in the now. That I stay in the and now. And the romance continues. I'm allowed to think of the future. I hope it continues for you because this is lovely. And why wouldn't you want to just continue with lovely? Oh, I definitely want to stay in the lovely and enjoy it. And in this moment, I'd like to tell y'all about our next episode. We'll hear from Julie, who was on this Grand Canyon trip, but whom we interviewed before Before. about dating after divorce. And she's got a lot of great things to say. She's got some stuff to say. Before we end this episode, we want to tell you how you can win two tickets to the Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs. Right. We do. So we've been thinking that one of the best things to do would be to, to take your phone and record a voice memo and email it to friskynorthof60 at gmail.com and tell us a story about where maybe you hooked up and you had to keep it secret for a bit because you had a one-person tent or something like that. Yeah, on a trip or or maybe you were on a trip where other people hooked up and maybe that was really great or maybe it was really annoying. Just tell us about that. Uh, if it's a voice memo, we can air it. Otherwise, you can uh, send us an email and we'll just uh, we'll share it that way. Alternatively, you can also uh, like our Facebook posts and Twitter page. Yeah, connect with us on social media. Get out there, connect with um, with Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs social media, and then we'll randomly in the belly of this location pull out two random winners. Yes, and we will announce the winners in our next episode next month. The very end. And we'll contact you. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everyone. That was really low energy. Can you say that again? Stay frisky, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. (laughs) You can't give your dates a rating, but you can rate us. So go ahead. Give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Unless it's below four stars. Then don't bother. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. Sometimes we use a podcast studio at Yukonstruct, and sometimes we take frisky on the road. Our music is by Anthony Vega. Sexy time. Oh, we like fan mail. 
So send us some. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof6060 at gmail.com. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. Mm-hmm.